0: Two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. I see you got fat. I see you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over
1: Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there,
0: man. It's the Just OK Sports Podcast. Sooner Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just Okay Sports Podcast. I'm one of your village idiots, Daryl. I am here with my brother, Jared. And again, if you are new and just kind of scrolling through the uh, YouTube channels, uh, we are Oklahoma sports only. That's what we do. So we will talk a little thunder tonight, but obviously mainly we will be focusing on the Sooners loss to Kansas. If you do end up liking this stream and this conversation then please like, subscribe, follow, do all the things and this will also be uh a podcast format and so we would love for you to um join us on there as well. Yeah. Jared, how are we? Angry. Very angry. You're angry. <laughs>
1: yeah so i uh i wrapped up my so i did a charity stream over the weekend uh wrapped up this morning or this afternoon when i did a few things i was like i'm gonna i'm just gonna chill out you know i was like i'm gonna watch the f1 race uh watch that and then i was like you know i just gotta i just gotta i want to see i want to see if i'm crazy like i had to like i i I guess i might to i i'm a glutton for punishment so like I'm gonna watch the game again. I'm gonna watch the OU Kansas game again. And um, yeah, no, my I think my anger is pretty justified. I feel uh, I don't know if it's biased, but uh, I literally was almost late to getting to the pod because I was still watching. I finished the third quarter. I think I watched like the first like two or three plays of the fourth quarter before I realized what time it was. Uh, I don't, I dude, I'm a, I, am I don't have a whole lot of, I mean. It's just disgusting. I mean, this is this is I don't know. Do you just want to roll into it? Do you just want to we're really scripting our intro. How are you doing? I hope you're good. You're breathing. Uh, that's
0: that's positive. Yeah, I mean, we're fine. Uh all of the um weather that was at the game yesterday is here now. Um so we are dealing with that. So that part sucks. It is cold, it is wet, it is windy. Um so mm-hmm. that's been pretty miserable and then, you know, like I'm kind of between. I'm I'm upset, and yet, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess my overall thought is, yes, I'm frustrated because there's definitely things that you could do to put yourself in a better situation for this game. And at the same time, we said this game would be tight. Um, We said this was going to be a close game. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll go into it. We kind of start with negatives first, which obviously there's quite a few. Um, So let's start there. And I would just say this. um, For me, uh, there is a massive weight. There is a massive bullseye on the coaching staff uh, for this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we've been, you know, even back in the Grinch and Mike Stoop days when we were still doing this thing. We would come on here and talk about execution matters. And when players are put in a position to make plays, they must make plays. Right. We've we've talked about that at nauseum. Um, I don't know that you can say that in this game. I don't know that we did a great job of putting players in a position to win um and to win the game. And so um that's, I mean that's what's really frustrating. To me. I this is what's funny. I well, not funny,
1: but um I wish I could get on here and say, well, Dylan Gabriel is why we lost the game, or uh Jalil Farouk or Andrew Raymond, or like if I could name two or three guys on the field to blame, I think I'd feel better because you can correct that. Like you can you can get somebody else to play, you can coach that player up, you can do whatever you need to do. This game, to me, after watching three quarters, squarely lands on the coaching staff. Now, I'm not saying the players played perfect; they didn't. Um, yeah. You know, Dylan Gabriel made a couple of really bad decisions, um, you know, and things like that. And just, I mean, like I said, the the offensive line was real hit or miss. But honestly, I just have no idea. It's like we—I I don't even know what to think, man. Like the, it, it, it honestly felt like somebody playing trying to play Madden or something stupid and didn't know what football is. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm just being honest. Um, I guess, I guess I'll just go into my biggest complaint.
0: Yeah. Go for it. Start the play, Start us off. Hit us with those negatives. Play calling is terrible.
1: I, I literally don't know that I've seen a game for Oklahoma played to this level, especially on offense that had such terrible play calling. Right. Um, right. I mean, Really, in the from like the second and the third quarter, like I said, I haven't watched the fourth yet. The second and third quarter, Candace basically just said, beat us with your arm. Now, I understand that it's raining, it's cold, it's windy. There's a lot of factors. But you supposedly have a Heisman co- candidate quarterback that you should trust. He's one of your best players on yeah. offense. Yeah. And they refused. They refused. And what's, and what's crazy is, like, I was even sitting there watching – live I remember I'm watching and I I was streaming this by the way I streamed while I watched the game and there was a play where I think you had on the bottom of the field I can't remember who it was but I think you had maybe Nick Anderson and Gavin Freeman which I still don't understand why Gavin Freeman seen the films it's sad to say that because like I think Gavin Freeman's story is really cool and all that sort of stuff and I like the kid but I I don't know I don't have an answer for you why he's seeing the field yeah. as much as he is. But anyways, you have on the bottom of the field, whoever you have, you have two guys that are one on one. Yeah. Safety's playing up top. Um and you have one on one down low. And you I think I believe it was Nick Anderson down low. And like you you check the play and you still run a jet sweep with like Farouk on the yeah. other end. And of course they're they're got eight in the box. It's like they're going to crush the and they just crush the edges. I mean you couldn't do anything. The the, the jet sweep like the biggest play I saw, I think was like a seven-yard gain on a jet sweep, where most of them went for two or three yards, if that. Like yeah. I, I don't understand the obsession with the jet sweep. I don't understand, like, and even I did listen to the Oklahoma breakdown. Also, Gabe uh, uh Gabe said, and I want to ask you this: I don't know if you've listened to the podcast.
0: I have not listened to theirs yet. No.
1: How many passes do you think? Before the last drive, how many passes do you think Dylan Gabriel
0: threw uh 10 yards in the air like downfield? Over 10 yards. Oh, it, was, I, it couldn't have been many cuz I know he had only thrown 12 passes till the last drive. So probably well, actually it might be 0. Two. It's two. Wow. And 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 like
1: not only that, there's a there's a whole series for OU. Um that, and I think it was one of the, if I can recall right now, again, I'm, my anger has distorted memory. I'm pretty sure we drove down the field. It's one of those where we drove down the field and I had to try to go for it because we don't trust our kicking, and we didn't <laughs> even get any points. But there's literally, like, not only are they letting eight in the box, basically they're almost doing an eight-man, like, run blitz sort of scheme, like, where they just push every, like the whole middle of the field is wide open. Yeah. Like, there's one play where literally, like, You could have run your, you could have put the punter out there and he could have caught the ball. Like it's pathetic. I'm sorry. The, the, the play calling is atrocious. And, and this is why I'm so frustrated. And I'll get your thoughts. I'm sorry that I'm ranting. Um, why I would say that I would rather pick a player to say that that's why we lost the game is like I said, you can, you can coach that up. Jeff Levy lost this game. Jeff Levy lost this game. And and I'm not gonna be one of those people. I'll I'll go ahead and preface this by saying I'm not one of those people that's calling for his head yet. I'm not one of those people. But yet, 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 yet. But he's gotta figure it out. You know, SMU was this questionable game, right? Yeah. Uh UCF was a questionable game. Mm-hmm. And then now you have this game. And like we talked about, it's like you never know. Like, Lebby comes out and it's just, like, he's literally the top, like, the best offensive coordinator in the nation or somebody that's never seen what football is. That's, like, his op- two options. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Because I'm sorry. Like, it was, and I even told somebody, like, I was actually texting uh, one of my buddies. It reminds me of, like, you remember Josh Heupel's last few years? I think people forget this. Like yes. Josh Heupel's last yes. couple years. Yeah. And it was yeah. the same thing. Like, you would have literally I remember watching and like it would be like Baylor would have like there was a like place where Baylor would have nine guys in the box. And they would have like seven to the left side of the line and Josh Hypo would run to that side of the ball. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, well, How does this make any sense to you? Like this is bas- Like, this is literally you learn this in junior high football. You probably learn this in peewee football. You know yeah. what I mean? Like none of it makes any sense. So the play calling was bad. Yeah, um, there was no aggressiveness. You clearly didn't trust it, trust um, Dylan Gabriel apparently, um, yeah. which like I said, I know the weather conditions stuff. But again, J- J- Bean was able to throw the ball. Bean right. was able to do what he right. wanted to do. So right. you tell me the Heisman like he he, he lost uh, if Dylan Gabriel ever had a chance at the Heisman, he just lost it. Yeah, because because Jeff Levy or- said I don't trust you. Yeah. Um, and then I guess like the last thing about that is you know um you know i i just don't understand the just the overall scheme of what we tried to do right yeah. um yeah. I, I know tawi going down i think if tawi doesn't get hurt i think we may be not we may not be as mad we may be talking about a win because tawi was able to find holes like tawi was running like in phone booth type spaces and finding ways to get yards and just it was just a yeah. tough runner. But
0: anyways, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's a different discussion. Well, first different of all, to, to to get to your comment, uh, Josh in chat uh, says, "I'll say what I said to Oklahoma breakdown guys. Levy has four games left to prove he can coach at this level. Otherwise, I think he needs to explore options in the off season." By the way, and, that's Nemo.
1: That's Nemo. By the way, yes.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just saying that so people that are in the chat, yes. Yeah, so, I, but, I know, but uh, yeah, I'm just letting you know because yeah, you're and then um, you Don't like anybody. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I, I think that that's, I think you have to at least be open to that option because yes. But what's crazy is, and here's what's frustrating. The Texas game was a very well-called game. Yeah, I mean, there was... Purpose to it, there was a reason and a way they wanted to attack Texas, and they did it right. And in this one, it was like he couldn't decide, it was literally like he showed up with five different play call sheets and would try a few and then go, Oops, nope, never mind. Kind of like you said, like the Madden thing, right? Like, I'm going to use San Francisco's playbook. Wait, that's not working. Let me go into my settings and change it. Let me go to the Chiefs playbook. Oh, well, that's not. Let me now let me go to you know, and like. He was just everywhere. Now, what was clear, which I don't understand, um, they wanted to go vertical more than they wanted to go straight ahead. Right. Like that, that was clear. I mean, how many jet sweeps, outside runs, bubble passes, you know, all like side to side, side to side, side to side. So I mean, that's all they did the first quarter was doing that kind of stuff. Um and I don't, I don't understand that. This is not a good run defense. They were not a good run defense. And while you're still running the ball, I guess doing that stuff, like, like you said, when we started getting goals, when we went straight at them. And by the way, I didn't think Sawchuk started poorly. Like, he wasn't <laughs> great, but he wasn't. What, terrible. He had some, no, great no, I, I, I
1: yeah, I, I'm not, yeah. I, yeah. I do agree with that. And so I, don't, I,
0: I, I guess I, I need to stop. Cause we've kind of ranted on that. I agree with the play calling side of things. Um, what, what I don't understand is our personnel decisions. I do not understand what constitutes somebody, the chance to play and not play. It makes no sense what we're doing with the step, Okay, so like, for example, Cade Matower, McCade Matower plays this game. And we know he's not 100%. And if you watch the game closely, he is gimping to the huddle into the mm-hmm. line of scrimmage on every play. Yep. Yet, we didn't obviously work Savion Bird at the right guard like we did last week. We moved him back to left guard. If you go back in that game and watch, He plays almost exclusively left guard instead of right guard. I don't know that Savion Bird played a right guard play in the game. I have not gone back to watch every single snap, so I'm not sure. Why? He's one of your most talented offensive linemen. He is one of your best run blockers when he gets a hold of somebody. You're playing a team that can't run the ball, and instead you decide that you want to start him and pull Caden Green, who has also shown the ability to be very good off the field. Like, explain that. Again, I thought I thought the point of football was to get your five best players out there. Now, I understand um, sometimes guys are knuckleheads, and despite the fact that their talent is huge, you don't play them. But that's not the situation with Savion Bird. That is not the situation with Caden Green. That is not the situation with Jacob Sexton, who, by the way, when Jacob Sexton and Caden Green were on the left side of that line, you want to talk about holding down the left side of the line. Now, were there mistakes? Sure. But it was very solid throughout. Which, by the way, what did the high school coach that you and I talked about four and a half weeks ago now say? How do you not have Jacob Sexton on the field? How do you not have Caden Green on the field?
1: How King do Green. you not? like? I'll say Caden Green, outside of Guyton, is probably the best offense. And it's really, honestly, Green is he's very close second. Like he or he's he's a second, but he's close to the best offensive lineman they have, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it I just don't get it. And then the same thing with the running mm-hmm. backs, you start Gavin Sawchuk, which I was fine with, right? Because he ended the game last week well. And it felt like Taui wasn't gonna sniff the field. Then I don't know where he shows up and he just starts manhandling the entire Kansas team, and then he gets banged up. Mm-hmm. And we saw as much of Javante Barnes as we did Gavin Sawchuck when we haven't seen Javante yeah, Barnes, Barnes.
1: Barnes hasn't sniffed the field this season
0: in like six weeks. Yeah, like I don't understand that. I don't understand when Andrew Anthony goes down. I I don't think there is a person on planet Earth that would disagree with that. Our most talented receivers right now are Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, and Drake Stoops. Right. And I think there's conversation around Petaway, and I think that that like that that grouping right there. And yet, as one person put it, uh, we're running jet sweeps when we need to get three yards with a guy that weighs a buck sixty. H- how about you put Pedaway in that situation, who's like one eighty five, one ninety, where he might and actually moves, be able to run somebody over and, and move some bodies, right? And move like, and moves I, just
1: as fast, if not faster.
0: Yes, hundred uh, percent. Uh, they kept going. It's obvious they don't have a deep threat. Like I saw today, George Floyd, Brandon Thompson has to play more because there's no to stretch the 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 field vertically. Yes, they can. Nick Anderson has stretched the field vertically all year, but we but now all of a sudden we don't use him. Jaden well, Gibson even, doesn't get enough snaps to stretch the field vertical vertically. So we don't know. Jacquez Pedaway can certainly stretch the field vertically. I, but you I would don't even put say, him on the field.
1: I, I mean, I would say Jaleel Farouk can too. You know, I mean, I don't think he's like a home run threat, like every time he gets, you know, I mean, he's not going to try to, he's not going to blow somebody who's out of their shoes every play, but it's not like he's not a threat against Kansas, who, like I said, is a lot of the, like I said, second and third quarter, especially, is running basically man, maybe with one safety, but like even the safety, like basically shades over to the box right as the ball snapped.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, and look, that's their corners are very good. Okay, let's like like let's not get it twisted. Kansas has good corners. So I understand why that's their philosophy, but you have to test it. Like they were sitting on every short route in the first half. I mean, that's how they got the pick six as soon as soon as he starts to shut it down. That corner was coming like a heat. Set. You know what that tells you? You give a stop and go somewhere in the next couple drives, right? And that's the thing. Somebody said it actually really well on Twitter. It was just a fan, and I don't remember who it was, and I apologize, whoever that was. I th- I meant to bookmark it, and I did not. But they said this, and I think this is fair with the play calling, but I think it's also a little bit with the personnel decisions. Jeff Levy is a play caller. He is not a coordinator. He does not know how to coordinate an offense to where you can get positive plays and coordinate yourself to a point where you open up plays later on. It's the same old basic plays, just over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again. But the personnel, again, is just what baffles me. That I I I cannot get my head around. And I would even say the same on defense. Like, you and I have, you especially, I continue to give you credit for this. I continue to say that I was on that train, but not like you were full stock, all all chips in on Kip Lewis. And every time the guy sees the field, he makes plays. And yet, we just randomly put him in here and there, but we don't really give him opportunity. And then Kanick finally just was, they targeted Kanik on Saturday. Okay. Their run Kanik game was targeted at Kanik every time. And they finally pulled him, and Kip came in and played really well. I thought Kobe, I know somebody posted some grade thing. Here's what's crazy. His grade was still one of the lower grades on the defense, and yet he was like 12 points higher than Kanek, according to the grade system.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kanek had a terrible game. I mean, they did target him, um, and when Danny went down, he looked even worse, in my opinion. It felt like even when Kip came in, it was Kip and Kanek for a couple of series. It felt like Kip was the one that was was playing, you know, was the QB of the defense.
0: Yeah. More than it was canning. Yeah. So. Well, and here's, I, okay. I want to get your thought on this Jared, because Levy even said something in, in the post game. And here's our friend Swayze has just checked in. And Swayze says this. I think the biggest issue is BV doesn't want to step on toes on the offense. He needs to take the reins when Levy can't get out of his own way. Now. I do think there's some truth in that with personnel specifically Swayze. I'd agree with you on that. Me personally, i I felt like, and I texted you and Troy this um, in our little thread during the game. Down the stretch of that game, it felt like BV did pull the card of I'm in charge. And even Levy's game, why did you run it three straight times to end the game and not try to get a first down? And he said, we felt it was better to burn all their timeouts and let our defense hold. Like, what about that defense thought you were going to hold? other than they got two turnovers. They weren't stopping Kansas. The turnovers were stopping Kansas, right? Like, but when your head coach is the DC and he believes his plan can work, that's exactly what he's going to say. Every head coach as a D coordinator would tell the offense, you run the ball, eat up those timeouts, and let me take care of this. I felt like that that possibly was BV trying to take the reins and take over control. But again, it was too late. It was too late. Um, But again, back to all that, the personnel is what makes me the most mad. It has been baffling on offense. It is – and defense hasn't been a whole lot. Kip Lewis, I don't care, BV, if he's 20 pounds light. Is the guy making plays every time you've put him on the field. He has made plays at Texas on the goal line against Texas. Play him. Mm -hmm. Last year when you brought him in, he made plays. Play him. Saturday, he made plays. Play him. Like – He's got to be on the, Ethan Downs, as much as I can't believe I'm saying it, needs to be on the field as much as anybody at the defensive end position. Like, the guy's playing look, really well. I just – I, I, I mean, here – Look, here's the
1: – Here's the problem. And, and even Gabe and Teddy, so I give credit to them because I listen to them say this, but I, I realize this too. The problem is, is that everybody's looking at the defense like, well, you let Kansas hang 30 – whatever points on you it's like well did they right because i understand what you're saying but it's like the defense played well enough for you to win the game you had the pick six so that's seven points on the board for kansas and then you had two other turnovers that put them in bad positions right and i don't even say the punt the punt that was shanked that was a net total of like 15 yards or whatever it was is basically a turnover right yeah um it, it, it's just like you you didn't put your defense in a position to win with your offense. And, and again, I, I don't understand the, where I would give credit to BV is I think the defense, like I said, played well enough to win the game. Yeah. And they were very close. I mean, I do think I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, the refs lost the game. The refs didn't lose the game. There was a lot of really no. weird, funky calls again.
0: Oh, uh, Early thought, in that game, Kansas got screwed on some early calls in that first quarter, big time.
1: Well, they definitely made up for it because the personal yes, foul, they did. the the Kendall Dobie penalty was a joke. Oh, the personal foul on—I don't remember the the two offensive linemen that literally like the whistle isn't even blown, basically, and like like they already have their hands and are throwing their guys. And then Savion's, the whistle blows.
0: Savion's was—I I, I felt like that one made sense. It was close. I'm not saying I, I would, but it didn't.
1: I just don't think you call that. Um, And then, you know, the, the, the catch that was, I don't know how the rules are weird. So I didn't really understand. So I don't want to go too far in that. But the one that was like, he established himself. I'm like, he literally, I don't know what, how, what terms establish. So I, I don't know. But anyways, all that aside, your defense played well enough. They got some bad breaks on penalties. All that sort of stuff is, you know, outside of your control, as coaches would say, right? You have to still play ball. The offense didn't help them at all. The fact that we put 30 points after watching the game, the fact that we put 30 points on the board at all is almost a miracle with how the play calling was. And again, the personal decisions, Caden green does not need to come off the field. Caden green is not on the field. Yeah. He's the best offensive lineman. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But tower, but tower should not have been on the field. I mean, he can barely walk to the sideline on some of those series. Yeah. And, and he's trying to block,
0: you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. Um, and and again, like this is where I get so frustrated. Again, I know we're not at practice, and I know that all factors into it. But like, how does Andrew Rame getting bull rushed for two whole seasons? Right? How does Andrew Rame not blocking guys through the whistle? How does Andrew Rame, who just stands around and doesn't even find someone to block for half the season this year, he plays every freaking snap at center. And Savion Bird gets a penalty or makes a mistake, and you yank him. Yeah, and then you put somebody like I don't like if you have to be consistent in those things. You cannot yank this guy, but that guy gets to stay out there. Like it doesn't work like that.
1: Well, and again, I again, it's one of those things too. Of here, here's the other thing that I noticed. This is another thing I want to highlight because I've seen some people trying to, to say this, like even uh, I talked to my boy, Brady, who's an OSU fan. I had a conversation with him today. Um, he was like, he actually called me. He was like, hey, man, happy birthday, by the way. Oh, you sucks. And I was like, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, needed that <laughs> reminder. Um, but anyway, no, I, I love the guy. But he was like, yeah, he's like, I see why, why they were doing it. I guess they're trying to pull people out of the box with like the jet sweeps and stuff. And I was like, but they weren't. The problem, The problem was is that you basically what they would do is they would always have a guy like they like the the design of play is terrible as well um on some of those because you're not like they see what's coming they see that you're going to run to the right so basically what they do is they have a guy that's in the box but he's kind of shaded to the right mm-hmm. you know so he's going to he's basically like playing that like half box stance right. so if you do if he does see the ball go right then he's in a position and if you're going to run up the middle, then he's there for support or to hold the edge or whatever, right? That's all they did. That's that's all they did. They didn't do. N- I'm sorry, Kansas did nothing creative. And you could, and it did not did nothing. Like it did nothing. Yeah, you be running the jet sweep did not pull anybody out of the box. You want know to pull them out of the box? Running slants across the middle we're right? yeah. doing something trying to throw the ball deep trying to be aggressive at times I understand the weather and all that I'm not saying that Dylan Gabriel should have thrown 45 passes in this game but like you didn't do anything you ran right. there was a series where they ran the jet sweep twice and again why is Gavin Freeman Gavin Freeman had to try to block basically a linebacker yeah dude Gavin yeah d- your ne- your son who's 11 could probably take Gavin Freeman to the ground <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that is just the most absurd and patently dumb thing I've ever seen. And I hate to say it because like again, I love Gavin Freeman's story. I want to see him and get some time on the field, but putting him but on the field. But you have to put those... him
0: in right, put him in a position to be successful. That's the thing. Like Yeah, like well, and the thing is,
1: is none of that does anything. It's, it's again, I'm not one of those people that's like, we should never. I mean, I did say this in the thing in rage as kind of a joke, but it's like I don't want to see the jet sweep if we're not going to throw the ball deep. Like the jet sweep to me and things like that, it's just a run play. The bubble screen is basically just a run play, right? If you're not going to try to hit them deep also, it does nothing. They're just going to keep – they're going to put everybody on the line of scrimmage and say beat us, which is exactly what Kansas did. Like literally, let me put it this way. Kansas's defense at certain times was so – I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it was just literally, it was like, if somebody was like, okay, we're going to show you what it's like if you want to throw the deep ball. Like, yeah, again, one-on-one, everybody else in the box, maybe a safety that's like halfway shaded to one side of the field, but it's basically still shading up to run support. That's what they did. The whole game. They did nothing creative, and we literally, Jeff Lebby, threw it all the way. So, like again,
0: well, here, all, that, all I have to say... The-
1: Go ahead. I just want to say all that to say the offense did not get any like that. You didn't know what you're going to get out of the offense. There's too many turnovers, right? Farouk playing running back. I'm sorry. Needs to stop. Farouk should not play. I'm sorry. I know that you like it. No, get it off the freaking get it out of your brain. Farouk, Here, it, Farouk is not I, Farouk is not a Farouk is not a college running back. I understand he played running back in high school. Totally different game. You saw that, like Gabe and Teddy. Teddy talked about this too. I'll give another shout out to them. He gets hit twice, and it's it's getting hit like that is different than getting hit by a high school linebacker. So that's the fumbles sure. basically on the coaching staff. Why are you running him? Not only that, why are you running Farouk when Tawi has been turning it up? Okay, he gets hurt. Okay, Sawchuk played pretty good against UCF, but you don't give yep. him very much run. Yep. Barnes hasn't sniffed the field, and all of a sudden he's getting thrown in the game. Like none of it's discombobulated. Why is Farouk back there? Apparently you have all this running. You Caleb Hicks, who we've heard nothing but good about. Yeah. Nothing but good yeah. about. And he hasn't even touched the field.
0: And and here's the deal. I mean, he is, he is literally Towie 2.0 with more speed. That is what, that's what he is. Right. And so, yeah. And, and like Jeff Levy, to me, I, I was trying to find reasons to be on his side for everything, until we are in a two-minute drill with whatever it was, 20, 30 seconds to go in the game. You know, we're obviously trying to get down the field and score a touchdown, and it was less than that. It was 20 seconds or less, and he ran that play-action pass. Yeah. I'm like, you, no, like, why? I
1: didn't like, even bring, I didn't bring that why? up. Yeah. Like, why?
0: Like, in the, why would you, you call a play-action pre- pass?
1: You're in the play action twice, and by the way, in my opinion, the play action on that one play is why Dylan got sacked. Yes, like if if he if he doesn't if he just
0: catches the ball and throws it, it's probably a completion because you have guys open. It it just made no sense, right? And so, those are the two things. And so, again, like you said, it comes down to coaching. And look, we haven't even hit on special teams, and I know that you're fired up about that. I do want to say this because this is something I have not wanted to come back to. But Swayze now allows me to come back to this. He he allow or sorry, uh, Josh Nemo lets me come back to this. Uh, I might be in dark Nemo mode. I honestly can't tell anymore. But I might finally be on Daryl's side to move on from Bill B. I mean, look, we can say this. The weakness of this team all year long has been the offensive line yet again. Yet again. And we are two years into Schmitty. We are two years into recruiting after Lincoln Riley. Like we are now into this season, eight games in with Caden Green still only playing spot duty when everybody on planet Earth knows he's our most talented lineman outside of Guyton.
1: Yeah. And I, and honestly, he's, he's more talented. He's just a freshman. I honestly think the ceiling
0: yeah. was higher with Green than it is with Guyton. No offense to Guyton. Yeah. Guyton's great. But, and then, like we talked about, then you play a Gimpy player in your personnel on the right guard and you move the guy who played pretty well for you at right guard the last game back to left guard and don't let him play right guard this game.
1: Okay. Hang on. Let me, let me, let me just jump in because I do want to say something because this is again, again, I want to know what the truth is because Coach B has never seemed to have this sort of philosophy with how he's done his personnel again. So I don't know. I, it, it feels like maybe B.B.'s got his hands on that or somebody's got his, maybe Lebby. I don't know. But it's one of those things that doesn't make sense to me because it doesn't feel like Bill Biedenboe. I'm not trying to say Bill Biedenboe's without, uh, you know, criticism. He is more than capable of getting that. I'm just saying, under Lincoln Riley, I feel like you would have seen if somebody was gimped up, they're not playing. And you're playing your best guys that you can play. Whether they're, they, they may suck because they weigh 230 pounds or whatever. But... You play you try to play your best guys. And it's like now it's like, I don't know if it's like a great like I don't I understand trying to build good men and trying to build this good culture of where you want guys that go to class and they're good stand-up citizens and all that. Like that's something we didn't have under Lincoln. Totally get that. But at the same time, you got to put who's playing the best football out on the field. That's what we're doing. We're playing football. Right? Yeah.
0: And, and I, like I that's said, like the only like, thing that's I can what I was saying to. in the beginning. Like the kids that are total knuckleheads and they're more talented, you don't play. But we don't have that. We don't like, we have no indication of this. And again, Swayze says this BB is a good coach and he has developed guys for the league, no doubt. But he has not put out a full O line without question marks all over since Creed left. And I would honestly say before Creed, I think Creed's last year, there were holes everywhere that Creed covered. Like, and what's crazy is he flip flops back and forth, right? Like, what was it? Three years ago, we had no tackles and our interior was good. Now our tackles are good and our interior is terrible. Although Caden Green has solidified that a lot. but here's, here's here's
1: one of my theories. Here's another one of my theories. And again, I'm not trying to jump through hoops to defend uh, Bill Beatenbow. I also think the problem is rain. I don't know what the deal is with brain. I don't know what the obsession is with brain. I know uh, Swayze says that uh, interior line has been shaking for three seasons. And the obsession with brain has killed the old line. I agree. When your center has no energy, when your center looks like when he does get to the second level and he kind of looks lost, he just looks like he doesn't really want to go put his hands on anybody. That affects your whole offensive line, especially the interior, right? Especially in the run game. His replacement, especially in the run game, like you, if you're if you if Creed was out there and Creed was driving a dude 15 yards down the field, which we saw Creed do time and time again. I would say that he elevated the play of the other interior offensive line guys. Yeah, because they don't want to be the guy that's yeah. left at the line of scrimmage. But right now, your your centers at the line of scrimmage. So who cares? Yeah, right. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, like the they, they need to put. I don't know if it's Sexton. I don't know who they got to put. Like literally, march anybody out there at this point. I I but I I don't even think. I think for this game, Rain played fine. I don't think he had a great game. I think he no, was a little shaky yeah. at times, but I think he overall it was one probably one of his better games this season.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would 100% agree with that. Um, The other thing that we've got to talk about, because you've been hammering this, and I've been trying to patchwork it for two or three weeks, has been special teams. I mean, look, man, like I I will say this. I don't understand still fully how the rules work with analysts. So let's be clear. OU does not have a special teams coach. They have a special teams analyst. Right. Which I know that means they can't coach on field. I don't know how the day of the game stuff works and what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. Um
1: well, I mean, they can, we, we can... they can
0: apparently they can apparently give signs for the other team. But anyway, um <laughs> I mean, you've got you know, you got a kicker that can't now granted, it's very clear the backup kicker is hurt. Because he didn't even travel apparently to this game, so that's why you're still running Schmidt out there, okay? Which, okay, fine. Like we get it. That's who you got to run run with and do. They finally made the switch of punter, which has been pretty good. Jacoby Johnson, dude. I I saw. I did see the the brief clip of Teddy losing his mind over Jacoby Johnson not going to the ball. Which, by the way, if you go watch the very first punt of the game, he does the same thing. He runs down the field, tracks the ball that's rolling towards the end zone. And then at the last minute, it starts to check up and starts to come back the other way. And he just watches it. He just lets it start going. He's the guy right there. And he lets them gain four yards when you would have had them pinned inside the 10 had you just touched the ball. And instead, he just, it was like. Bro, do you understand that you're allowed to – like, I don't think you really understand your job. Like, I really don't think you understand what you're supposed to do. And then it came back to bite us huge at the end of that game for field position-wise. You've got Gavin Freeman who still can't locate himself on the field, which, again, I do think some of that is being coached, just like Teddy said. The other stuff's being coached to Jacoby Johnson. But he's pressing so hard to make plays because they're not giving him the ball much. That he's making dumb decisions in the ball. I don't, I don't know what I think about the the kick to, to Marcus Stripling. I feel like that was really good scouting. Wait, on... Wasn't it Trace Ford? No, it was Stripling. That was stripling, that bobbled yeah. the ball. It was Stripling. Um, but at I the mean, same here's time, the thing. You, you've got Farouk you... all the way back up to the goal line when the wind's blowing twenty five miles an hour into the face of the kicker, like. Go stand up at least on the five or to ten yard line because of the wind. I mean, not only that though, but it's like all they did was they they
1: kicked one in the game again through the three quarters I watched, they kicked one ball deep. Yeah. Everything else was squibs. So yeah. why do you not have basically almost a hands team out there deep? Right? Like you should just honestly at that point, like I, I know people are gonna get mad at this probably, but it's like just call a fair catch, take the ball to 25. Whoever catches it, just fair catch it.
0: Well, and, and again, Stripling did. He signaled for a fair catch. I, I know, but I'm saying he's not a guy.
1: He's not a guy that is going to be that. that like, let's be honest. Like people see uh, pump returns and they see kick returns and they see like, you know, 90% of the time it gets filled at fine. That's a hard thing to field. That's a mm-hmm. very hard thing for somebody that does it all the time. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things. It's just like watching baseball. Right, and you see somebody that fields a like a fly ball, and it's like okay, like it's a routine play, but it's easy to screw up. I guess is how I should say that. Yeah. Right, same thing, and it's yeah. again those are the people that do it all the time. So you, now you have a, a a defensive player that doesn't ever return has never returned a punt probably in his life or a kick in his life, and he's having to field the ball. It, it's just that's a joke. You don't trust your kicker. I don't care what. I'm sorry, BV. I love you. Oh yeah. I don't. You I, don't trust. Us, you don't trust. None of you us don't believe trust that you don't trust Schmidt at all. You didn't, you had basically two, three drives where you could have kicked a field goal. Like, I understand I wasn't cheering for us to necessarily kick a field goal, but I'm just saying like the fact that you never even like the, the kick team, never the field goal team basically never sniffed the field unless it was an extra point.
0: Oh yeah. Um, no. And, and I, and in those it, weather conditions with your kicker, the way it was, I think that was the right call. I don't think I'm that just was saying crazy. That you,
1: you, you have that. You have uh like again the 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 punting like it has been good, but then you, again you have like the maybe we were spoiled with uh uh Turk because like I've never seen him kick a punt that was fifteen yards or whatever it was. Um, well
0: that yeah, they finally made a switch there in personnel, but again it makes me go, was he hurt? Like why? Like why have we gone with the other guy for so long when now all of a sudden we make the switch and this guy's punting like lights out all the time like i I mean it's why it's it's just one of those
1: things of i don't understand i like again through the season and i I, we didn't we don't have a flow we don't have anything that i almost wish we did so i could have written down everything every game nearly we've had basically every conference game i'll just go every conference game i don't know about i can't remember our non-conference now i'm too old to remember Every non or every conference game, we've had a a special teams where you're just like, oh my God, that's terrible. Right. And at some point you can't just keep saying, well, you can't blame that on. It's like, dude, we got to like, you got to do something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I I I don't know. Like at this point, like this sounds bad, but like, dude, like fire Ted Roof, let BV be the defensive coordinator and hire a special teams coach. Like, you need a special teams coach right now. I know special teams isn't gonna put up or stop points as well as offense or defenses. But right now, our special teams is atrocious. It yeah, is as bad, bad as it's been. It's as bad as it's been at OU uh, nearly since I can remember.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and again, I and I still will contend and granted the talent level is different now, but for through the first four games of the season, special teams was really strong. And then these last four, it's been bad. It, it's taken a major down. I mean, you got to remember, we had. Multiple punt blocks. Our kicker was making his kicks. We were pinning kicks down inside the 20. I mean, there were some. De- there were definitely some things going well early. But ever since then, it has gone downhill. And yes, Jay Nunez, as an analyst or coach, needs to be sat down and said, you either need to get us in the position with the players needed to get here, or we're going to have to have a conversation at the end of the year. Because this has gone downhill really, really fast. Um and I agree. Well, well, and Swayze again, we think we have a kicker on scholarship. Um, that is actually one of the, the top kickers that came in the recruiting class, but he's apparently hurt. He didn't even travel for the Kansas game. So Swayze's asking about that in chat. Um and, yeah, and that's I mean, that. Now, now let let's let's start to turn this thing. We've gone 40 minutes on just losing our minds on it. There are still I'm sorry. I'm
1: I I probably shouldn't have watched the game again before the pod. I'm sorry. This is on me. It's on me. It's on Um, me, right?
0: I still think there are some positives to think about. Now, from an overall perspective of this team, you were a little more sunshine pumping than I was, right? I believe you went 10 and 2 for the season. I believe is what you you selected, right? Mm -hmm. Um that is still in front of them. 100%.
1: Hundred percent. They're still. They're still. I mean, they're tied, but they're still in the lead for the conference.
0: And and if you'd have told either one of us, you're going to be seven and one, eight games into the season with with a win against Texas. I think we take that, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that that's been said by many. I picked them to go nine and three. I, I predicted that there was going to be an upcoming team that nobody saw coming that was going to be playing better than any of us expected. Um, I predicted us to to lay an egg against someone and to lose to Texas. Those were my three. Um, we've already, I think, over, we, we've dealt with two of those. I really don't think we've seen this team from a mentality standpoint and from an effort standpoint, I don't think we've seen this team take anyone lightly. I think that, that we have coached them into playing poorly um, in a few games, right? So there's that. Um, here's another thought. When we looked at this roster before the season, how talented did you think this roster really was Jared? Like truly talented.
1: Um, I mean, I thought they had a lot of young talent. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. I'd agree with that, which we didn't really know what it would look like. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, but like, let's just go down like defensively. Do you think Isaiah Coe, how many, how many top 10 teams does Isaiah Coe start for? Zero. Right. Uh, how about Jordan Kelly? I
1: went, probably zero, maybe one or two. I don't know. Maybe,
0: maybe rotational. Right. Maybe rotational. Um, Dejon Terry, he was already rotational at Tennessee. Right. Um, Reggie Pearson was in and out at Wisconsin and Texas Tech before he came to us. And granted, I think Reggie's played really well this season. Oh, by the way,
1: the, I don't agree with that. That was one thing I was, I didn't agree with the targeting. The targeting call, I think, was BS.
0: That was a tough call. I, I, again, I try to always look through if that was Dylan Gabriel sliding in and I saw their, their guy. Oh, yeah. I'm going, I want the, I want that call by the letter of the law. By the letter of being a football player, I hated the call. I absolutely yeah. hated the call. I also
1: don't understand. Um, like, I was also like being sliding there made zero sense to me. It was like he was trying to draw the penalty. Oh, that, I don't oh
0: yeah. It was, it was weird. It was a dumb decision. He, he should have just gone and scored, anyways. Um, but the, you get my point. Gentry Williams could play for anybody in the country. I think Peyton Bowen can play for anybody in the country. Um, I think that. Out of and R. Mason Thomas and Ethan Downs could play for a lot of teams in the country. Outside of that, and Danny Stutzman, obviously, Canick, I'm not sure. Kip Lewis, I think he would run the same problem he's running here, as far as he's just light, and I think teams would not want to want to throw him out there. Right, offensively, Tyler Guyton plays, Rouse plays, Caden Green plays, Rame maybe. Probably plays on some, some teams. Tower I don't know if he plays for anybody in the top 10. I don't know if he plays for anybody in the top 10. I don't know if Savion Berg can play for anybody in the top 10. Um, So you have that. Gavin Freeman, who's he going to play for in the top 10? Nobody. LB Bunkley, Shelton, nobody. I mean, you go on down that list. I mean, so from a talent standpoint, I think we also have to step back and realize this team is actually overachieved, which says this. B V has built a culture of substance. B V has built a culture of substance. Because if he hadn't, this team could not have beat Texas. Do you agree with that, Jared? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> Explain.
1: I mean, look, Texas is talented way beyond what we are. I don't think anybody can argue that. Um, but they have been for 20 something years. And oh, OU owns the record of the last 20 years, right? Like uh, even under Lincoln, there was teams that uh, overall Texas was probably more talented than OU and OU ended up winning. Um, So I don't know. Texas but is I think a we can thing. also but, but agree I, that SAR changed. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying I, I do think there's – he has them overachieving, yes. The Texas thing is where I was going to say I don't necessarily agree because well, I do think Texas culture is better – I think Houston showed they still have some of those issues, which I think we do, too. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that, but they pulled out that win, too. And their starting quarterback went down, right? So in the midst of that game. So that's where they're different. If that happens two years ago with Sark, they lose that game hands down without their starting quarterback on the field. So from a talent standpoint and from a culture standpoint, they're much better. So I think BV has them overachieving. Now, with all that said, you think David Stone is a rotational player on this D-line next year? No. You don't think that David Stone will play on this defensive line next year?
1: No, I think he's a starter.
0: Oh, I got you. Okay, well, all right, fine. How about Nigel Smith? Same. Same. I mean, I guess
1: I'd go, he's at least rotational. Yes, he's rotational or better.
0: Right. And so when you go down the list of guys they have coming in, the hope I have is that this team will actually be more talented next year. Now, I think they're going to take some lumps their first year in the SEC, but I'm still trying to look at the big picture of this Kansas game and realize that the talent level is increasing in the trenches. Okay? I believe that. Even some of the offensive linemen that they still have a chance to go get, I believe, are increases of talent on the offensive line. And so I think that that is huge for us. Like Caden uh, Green Caden Green
1: and Guyton could play. I believe both of them would play for a lot of top 10 teams.
0: Yeah. And look, if you can somehow convince Guyton to come back, Sexton will be there next year. Those three guys right there, even if Rain chose to come back, which I kind of would rather just run with, with Everett. Right. But if you get Everett to come back and then you can fill the right guard position, you're in a pretty good position offensive line wise, better than I thought you were going to be. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to be too bad. So that's going to be improved. The D line is going to be improved. I do think Canick, I agree with you, Jared. You've been saying it for weeks. I do think Canick's a little bit at where Danny Stutzman was a year ago. And I think next year we'll play really well. But if we're wrong, Kip Lewis is already playing better than he is. I'm sorry.
1: And and even Gabe and Teddy and Teddy said this, and I I gotta defer to Teddy because Teddy's a former D1 lineman or a defense or sorry, linebacker (laughs) lineman. Um he's he's a defense. I'm not gonna argue with Teddy on nearly anything, right? But he said with the way Kip's playing right now, he's like, I don't know how you don't like you don't have him playing some snaps like with Danny or taking Danny step snaps from Danny, even uh, when Danny needs rest or whatever, like he's like, you have to find a way to get yes. on with him more.
0: Yes. And I look, a job I've seen this said by several fans. If Stutzman is out, Kip and Kobe should start bedlam. If he's not, it should be Kip uh, and Stutz. The, um, it and then I would feel okay about us possibly stopping off. And I agree with that because look, here's the deal. Kobe moves better than he has and he's a hammer and Ollie Gordon is a hammer. You need a hammer to stop a hammer. Canick did not look great against physical runners all year long. And that's not to say the guy's not physical. I think again he's just a half step slow to everything so cuz last year Danny looked the same way. Danny, I said it all all year last year. Danny was a jump on someone's back and ride them for 5 yards to the ground, right? So um well, we'll and here's see. the thing. And then, Swayze agrees that Kobe McKenzie should be playing some snaps in Bedlam to help contain Ollie Gordon. I, I agree. And, and, and I know we're going to do this isn't the preview for OSU,
1: but you know, even talking to Brady today. It, this is, is going to be their Super Bowl. 100%. I know they say that every year, but it's this, this is times 10. Times a thousand. Because he said it doesn't matter what the record is. If we win the last one, we're always going to hang it over your head. Yep. It's like yep. they're they're going to play they want this more than they've ever wanted a Betlam game. I guarantee you. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, yes, I think that that's, you know, it kind of goes back to some of the personnel decisions. I mean, Bowen, I guess he's been, been nicked up. He's another guy that i am like. How do you not rotate him in more? Yeah. The dude just makes plays. The dude just is, like I said, I, I don't know that. He should be like, honestly, if he plays more, like if he played uh, the way he should, he'd be a freshman All-American. In my opinion,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I know he's wearing a boot. And that's been clearly stated. BV said it, so I don't know what he's done, but I know he's in a boot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you and I have been saying since like week two, how do you not put Peyton Bowen on the field for eighty percent of the snaps, and yet they haven't done that this year.
1: Um, we haven't seen we haven't seen PJ as much, but again, I think PJ needs a little, maybe a little bit more time to grow um you know i'm telling you
0: man i know everybody goes to pff and talks about his win rate and all the stuff if you really just watch him yes he has flashes but man he also has flashes of real bad which is what a true freshman ought to be right um that's i think physically, i think i think
1: he's one of those guys that he needs to add a little bit of weight a little bit of explosion Right, and then just get get to where he understands the the playbook, but the defensive playbook better, yeah. and he'll be fine. He'll be great if he yeah. does that.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. So I I don't know. I think that's I think we've hit the major things that were the issues on on Saturday. And look, I I want it to work with Jeff Lebby. I love the idea that old OU players are here coaching all the stuff. I, I really do believe Jeff Lebby when he says, I have a job I want to accomplish here, and that's win us another title. I think that that's true. Um, but, man, if that's the case, you've got to game plan like you did for Texas.
1: Every well,
0: week. Every week that needs to be how you game plan.
1: The, here's I'll give you – I guess I'll give because I really haven't done any positives. So let me give a little bit of a positive. This, I mean, UCF should have been your wake-up call. I guess that's my negative to this. UCF should have been your wake-up call. Yeah. But now you've got a loss. You got something in the loss column. You better freaking wake up now. BV should have this team fired up for Bedlam because it's Bedlam. And now he should be saying, look, everybody, they just dropped you. What? Like, I think the AP poll were like 16 or 17. Nobody believes in you. They think you're trash. Like you, this is where the point where you actually need to point to the bulletin boards and the headlines and say, nobody believes you. And you have, you need to prove everybody wrong or whatever. It's us versus the world. Um, yeah. I've heard him say that, I've heard the coaches say that. Um, and I, I just, the, the, the positive that I have is I think that there's a tough mentality. Like you said, I think BB's instilled the culture. I do think they're tough. You know, you don't see, the thing that I would give is besides them giving up the run, which honestly, like I told, I was even telling my boy Bernie, I was like, dude, it's that they had no other choice. They were going to get a field goal either way. You have to let them score. But I was like, at the same time, the mentality outside of that play on every series and the goal line. Right. uh, At Texas, it's like, you don't see that in the last five years. No, No, like the grit that they have to stand up and say, look, we're in a bad position right now, but we're not stopping. Yeah. right like we're gonna keep exactly. fighting like you haven't seen that in a team so those are the things that I we need to see that instead of just seeing like let's my hope is that instead of seeing that in a game in a sit- a game time situation let's see that overall now in the season because now you've got a loss now while you were you were in the driver's seat of the big 12 like you are still but you're very close to losing that spot right you're very close to the season turning away from what you want because you you want to win a big 12 title let's win a big 12 title on the way out that's the goal um, and that's what you got to yep. do. Um, and it's,
0: and it's all still very much in front of you. Right. Um, and we've already got names. We've got Sharon Moore for OC from Swayze in the, in the chat. We've got, um, oh, and then just more talk about Kobe McKenzie and Kip kind of locking down linebacker. If Danny's unable to go, which by the way, um, I, I have, I have not heard a specific medical report, but, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my tinfoil hat on if I took like two exercise science classes in college, uh. And the the downside of what happened to Danny's foot that I can tell you for sure, we don't know how severe or how quick he'll heal. But typically, when you sprain your ankle or you roll an ankle, right, you roll to the outside of your ankle, right. Um, but the way he came down, he rolled it inwardly, right. So his sprain is on the inside part of his ankle. Those are typically long lasting, very painful, very bad um sprains. And so um that'd be that give us your short list of OCs, um, says uh says the chat. Like Alex, Alex like, look, man <laughs> uh, For,
1: t- oh. no, tell me, tell me somebody that doesn't make offenses look better than Alex Grace. Oh my
0: gosh. That's hilarious. Uh that's a great question.
1: Um you know, hey, real quick, little ray of sunshine. I guess is a sunshine not involving OU, even though this is gonna USC fans, whatever. USC went down to the wire with Cal Cal. Cal, Cal. probably yeah. should have won that game. 50 to 49 against Cal.
0: Really? Yeah, it was pretty rough. And they were up 14 with like five minutes ago. It was ridiculous. Um, I do think Sharon Moore's names come up a lot to to answer you, Swayze. Um I don't know much about him. I haven't followed him closely, so that's hard for me to say. Um, but that's a guy I would talk to. I know from talking to football people, even outside of Teddy and Gabe's uh, podcast, uh, the OC at Baylor, I, he, Gabe talks about on their podcast, he has no idea how they're so bad offensively. Like, And him and Teddy both love that guy's scheme. They love everything about what he tries to do. Um, now, again, Baylor sucks. So that probably doesn't make a lot of sense right now to throw to throw his name out there, but even so, um, that has been a guy that I have heard some people talk really, really highly of. You know, from there, man, I tell you what, if you could, if you could suck someone away from from Leipold, I mean, you can't deny their offense has been electric since he's been there. Their defense has been the problem, not their offense. At Kansas, the defense has been the problem, but they've all been together for like twelve years. Um, so I don't know. Um, I mean, I look. I think. Let me let me say this. I guess the sunshine thing.
1: I, I don't get me wrong. Again, I've I've not shied away from having criticisms of Jeff Levy. I don't think you rid of him. I understand. At some point, you have to do like you have to get yourself out of the sunk cost fallacy right of saying well like we're this we're invested in with now cuz we have Jackson Arnold and is he going to leave is yeah. Petaway going to leave or whatever right i i understand that but it's like i just still don't think that Levy... it's one of those things that he's got to... it's it's frustrating where it's like i think you're really close to being an exceptional offensive coordinator honestly like texas yeah. you showed you showed that you have that ability yeah it's it's one yeah. of those things of like i just want to see you do it yeah. Um,
0: well, and again, we've talked about this since last year, too. Of And you and I both agree. It feels like Jeff Levy. This is his first time to truly own the game planning and the game calling. Right. It yeah. feels like he's been at places where Josh Heupel calls the plays and Lane Kiffin calls the plays and he's just kind of there. And that he's learned something from that, but this is his first time to run it. And he's doing it at OU is the problem. So he doesn't have the bandwidth to grow, but hopefully he can grow from the experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I it's just be aggressive. I mean, that's the thing he gets in his head and he gets gets away from the aggressiveness, but yeah, I mean, look, the, the sunshine I'll wrap up my sunshine. Um, look like this whole season still in front of you. I think we've hit our, like I said, Really, like I like we talked about the base, like the 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 base level. Um, if you win two more games, like you don't think you can sell recruits that you're not on the upward trend, right? Oh, like you can already
0: you can sell that right now. Yeah, the 100%. development's
1: already been shown, right? Um yes. you're gonna have a better record. You know, it seems like everybody's locked in. Like David Stone put in, he's locked in. I don't see any recruits that are looking like at least you know openly like act, like acting like they may jump ship um so i i think we're like i think things are on an upper trend as far as the program and, overall well and, and, and i was about to say
0: anybody anybody that has that mindset that everybody's jumping ship because you just lost this game is ridiculous like y'all all need to take a breath this team is seven and one they are still ranked the number 10 team in the country like slow down i do think this is a bad day but i also think it's a great learning experience for a squad to go through like we said Last week should have been your wake-up call, but guess what? Despite the fact that you did all those things poorly, you still won. So in their mind, they still had the mentality of, yeah, we didn't play well, but we won. So if we just improve a little bit, we're going to be good. And now, guess what? You improved a little bit, and you got beat. So it's time to get back to the grindstone of every little thing matters. Where the punt is downed or not downed matters. You catching the ball on a kickoff, Matters, right? Like it all matters.
1: Here's, 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 let me, let me put my tinfoil hat on and then we, I guess we're going to move to Thunder talk and all that, right? Are you going to do yes. any college football talk at all outside of this? Uh,
0: we can, uh, maybe a little bit, sure. Okay.
1: Sure. Well, all I want to say is my tinfoil hat. I do think the SEC is going to be a challenge. We uplift in competition, but also when you look at the, the SEC, it's starting to cannibalize itself. Like you're starting to see, like Alabama doesn't look dominant. Right, they don't look that good still. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia looks beatable. I know that they just beat Florida, but Florida looks terrible. Um, Tennessee, who was thought to be a, an up and coming program, they've kind of just been eh. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's more room in the SEC to come and make a carve out of space for yourself to be successful than people realize. Like LSU, I think, is even like their offense is really legit, but their defense, good god, their defense is. OU levels, OU levels are bad, and the you know, and Riley, Um, those sorts of things. So I think that there's a chance that OU can come in and, like I said, carve out that space. I I think there's more room. I guess.
0: Well, I the only thing is I disagree because this is the transition year for the SEC, right? Stetson Bennett gone, new quarterback Tennessee, right? Their guys gone, new quarterback at Alabama, Bryce Young gone. So you're bringing that like. It has literally just been a massive flip over in the SEC. Whereas for Oklahoma, unfortunately, your flip over is next year. Jackson Arnold's going to be a first-year starter next year. Your offensive line is going to be filled, most likely, because Guyton most likely is going to the draft, right? You're losing Rouse. You're going to be playing a bunch of first-time starters on the offensive line. Caden Green might be one of your only like hardcore starters that you have back. So that is my concern. And the D line is probably going to be mostly freshmen and sophomores. So that's the problem for OU going to the SEC. I don't disagree with you totally, but I just think that this is their this is their transition year to being back in form. And you're already seeing that with Bama. They're getting better every single week um and climbing that ladder. But the doors open to not just get run out of the the conference for sure in the midst of all that, which is great. So um, what are you got anything specific overall? General college football. I really didn't watch much because I was so frustrated. I all I did was keep track of USC and I really thought for sure they were losing and found out that they won and I was ticked off.
1: I mean, Texas looked good against BYU, BYU doesn't look that good. Yeah. USC was I was cheering. I mean, USC's I can't I just can't see them right now. It just feels like that team is getting away from Lincoln Riley. I don't even know. Like, I was like having this conversation and I was like, I honestly it feels like the last years at ou it feels like the, the 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 locker room's getting away from from him they just didn't look tough i mean everybody's pointing to grinch and stuff it's like it just looks like they don't have the fight it looks like that's waning every week you beat cal but you probably
0: feel like you lost like i it's just one of those weird things i mean um and see i, look- I this is where i would push back a little the defense looked as bad as it's looked all year right but they were down again. It was like six minutes ago in the fourth quarter. They were down fourteen. They came back to win that game. That's not a team that doesn't have fight. I, I think that team is still fighting. But it was also Cal, right?
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, I
0: mean, you should like. It's not good. It's not good. But they fought. So I, the losing the locker room has that – Now you go get waxed by Washington. You get waxed by Oregon. Now, now there's going to be and if and if he had lost that game. I think that conversation starts, but well, either either way, I mean, there's, I mean,
1: I just think it's 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 going to be a spectacle to see. I would not, I I I would maybe even take a bet right now that he leaves after the season. Um, but you know, I anyway, I it's it was a weird day of college football a little bit. Um, UNC got beat, which is pretty wild. Um. You know, so it has been, I will say that's, I guess that's a, you know, to wrap things up, I guess. When you look at overall college football, every team has had some loss. You're like, what? Yeah. You know, like every, I mean, pretty much everybody outside. What if there's like five undefeated teams? Um, And then the only other thing is, dude, James Madison, please. The NCAA needs to allow them to have a bowl game. It's crazy that they're, I think they're 8-0 now. And they, uh, can't, go to a, they can't go to a bowl game. They just won their game. I think they're either 7-0 or 8-0. Yeah.
0: They are eight and They are eight and Air Force is eight and and then it's Washington, Florida State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia. Yeah. OU, so- by the way, for the ranking, like I said earlier, the AP has them at 10 and the coaches has them at eleven. Okay. Um so look, I would I, w- I-, I want to throw caution here. OU's not making a college football playoff unless just insanity happens in front of them. Their their schedule this year has been too soft, even if they went out to go to a playoff. But you still want to win out, win the conference, end on the Big 12 title, all those kinds of things moving forward. But the door is open for all that. So go do that.
1: New Year's Six Bowl is still
0: well in the cards. If It'll they be awesome. Play win. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, Thunderwise, uh, Orange Bowl, please. Thunderwise, uh, the Thunder did start off hot and heavy, beating Chicago. Uh, to kick off the season, um, you know, on the road, uh, hostile environment, a team that's been picked by so many to do really, really well. The team looked really good that night. Chet looked amazing. Case and Wallace looked out of his mind. People were just, I mean, freaking out about that one like crazy, right? Um, so that's a big, that was a big win for them uh, to kick the season off. Then the Cavaliers, a great come from behind win there. Uh, by the way, that game—I believe they had 45 made shots in that game, 40 or 45, and 30 and 35 of them were assisted Good in more. the Cavaliers game. I mean, so all that. But then tonight <laughs> they played the Nuggets, and uh, it did not did not go so well uh, tonight. It was 128.95 Nuggets this afternoon, so a 33 point blowout. Uh, but I would say this, I mean, Shea just had his worst game of the season in his in his first three games. Uh, Shea goes on the night two for 16. Um, so that hurts you. Chet was still 7 of 12. Uh, J-Dub was 6 of 9. Giddy, 4 for 13. So two of your stars go 6 for 29 in the game. So that's kind of the tale right there, right? Um, those things. Case and Wallace continues to play really well. 22 minutes went 3 for 3, 1 for 1 on three-pointers, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Uh looked really good um in the game for for the Thunder, but man, I'm telling you if, if the Thunder really do have another year where they continue to climb, wow. Uh they are they're going to be something. Man, it it's gonna be very, very fun to watch this team. There's there's
1: a lot more talent on this team than I think people will realize. It's a very deep team, and you've got yeah. you still have superstars. Um so like I said, I think uh given I know that it's a sp- still still a small sample size, but let me ask you this Shay one, Shet two.
0: I think I still put J Dub two. His first night was terrible. But I still think I put J Dub two and Chet three.
1: Do so you think, think you think Chet has a chance to be two? If yes, he's playing, 100%. If he's playing the way he is. He then...
0: he has been better than I thought. I really thought he was going to be the fourth. I still thought that Giddy's experience, J Dubs, just I thought they would be in front of him for a little bit this season. But I think Chet's already surpassed. Can we, Can um, we, you know,
1: you know, can we talk about real quick one thing that I think goes understated for Presti and, you know, maybe just the coaches he hires and just overall the the franchise of Oklahoma City is the same thing we talk about with OU now under BV, the culture. Right? Yeah. Like, you have a very close-knit team. Like, Shet and Giddy have have talked about how they have a tight friendship. Shea, like, all those guys spend time together. And even, like, I was actually reading an article. I meant to send it to you and Troy. But it was talking about how, like, I think it was like Oklahoma City, and there's like one other team that are known that the players like really spend a lot of time together. Like, yeah, most of the players don't like most players. They go to their practice, they go to their games. It's like every once in a while they may go to a dinner or something, but that's it. Like, yeah, this game, like, it's talked about, like, you know, like Giddy and Shay and all. That. It's like they they'll leave the arena and go play Call of Duty together, whatever it is they do. You know what I mean? Like, they spend time together um so it's just good to see like i said i'm i'm a big fan of this team uh i think it'll be a bright spo- spot for the state of oklahoma i hope maybe maybe we can get troy back in if they start or they keep well, playing super well
0: oh yeah troy's it's funny because troy calls me every day to talk thunder now more than he even does oh you uh but they are in the midst of packing their home uh he's moving to a new house that's why he's not on with us tonight so i mean you got all that stuff going on but um Anyways, but no, that the team is fun. And, you know, this concept of everybody, every like the other night was a perfect example, right? Chet gets a block against the glass. He kicks it to someone else or no blocked it against the glass and it came down and everybody retreated down the floor. Well, Chet brought the ball up the floor and gets into the lane on the dribble. Everybody converges down on him. He kicks it to the wing to Case and Wallace for three. I yeah. mean, like, the, the ball basketball. handling, facilitating, unselfish, but just the ability that everybody can pass and dribble. Everybody can, like, so you it's, can't, on a play like that, they retreat off Chet expecting him to kick it to Shea or kick it to Giddy, right, or whoever, and instead he just takes off down the floor, and it's like, oh, God, like, okay, it's the same with J-Dub. Most of the time, a guy in J-Dub's position, they get a ball like that on the rebound, and they might kind of bring it up the floor, right? Like past the half court. But then they're gonna they're gonna do a little handoff or whatever to a to a point guard. And instead, J Dub will drive straight to the rim and will dunk it on your head. And if you all converge, he's able to pass the ball out. Really, the only guy that we have on this team that has no passing ability is Dort. Dort, when he puts his head down to the basket, he's going to the basket. Like right. there's just no question. But everybody else has that ability and it just gives them endless options. Um, tonight they just ran into a a hot streak and a very talented team in Denver that that, you know, the Thunder just aren't there yet. Um, but yeah, I agree with you about the culture. I mean, you know, Presty talks about that. They look for certain characteristics in guys where they ever bring them here. And I think Presty really believes in something B V says all the time. You recruit your own problems. And I believe that. Uh, Presti sees that and he knows that you draft your own problems. Right. And so he, he tries to stick away from that.
1: It's like, I mean, there's guys like I I've seen like people talking about, like, could you, you know, it's always one of those fun things that NBA and NFL people do. of Could you imagine so-and-so on this team? Like if you could NBA 2K and put Giannis on this team. And it's like, I I do agree. Like Giannis is probably a very high character player. I don't think I have any problems with Giannis, but it's like, it's also the, the uniqueness of this team is it's like, like I said, everybody plays such positionless basketball that it makes it such a unique thing. And and it makes it, it, I think it's one of those things that it becomes as some of these guys mature, especially offensively. I mean, defensively too, but offensively it's going to become a a terror because, you know, it's like, really, it doesn't seem like that long ago. That's like, you know, how tall is Chet? Like seven, whatever he is. He's seven, one. Yeah. Seven, one. It's like, when was the last time you knew a guy that was seven, one that could hit a three. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Dirt. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. Like, if if Chet rolls out to the wing, like, five years ago, 10 years ago, however long in the NBA, you're nobody's going to cover him. They're just going to leave him out there, right? Yeah. It's like now you have this position in this basketball that I think Oklahoma City's really bought into where it's like anybody in the wing, anybody in the lane, anybody can be anywhere, and they're a threat, right? Like, it's not like you're putting the ball in somebody's hands, and it's because, well, it's a seven-one guy that's, you know, playing quote unquote center, he's not going to shoot the ball, right? Or make it, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, I am pretty hyped. Like I said, I'm, I do plan to fall closer this year. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, they've got it. Like I said, I think this is a team that could sneak up on some people this season.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be interesting again, three games into 82 games. I, I tweeted the other day, jokingly, um, you know, OKC already on their path to winning the Western Conference, right? Because they were 2-0 and and sitting at the top of the standings. But um, it is still a very good start, you know, um, playing some good teams, getting some good wins. Um, again, tonight, a tough one, um, but one they'll learn from. And again, Shea's never going to – I say never. It, you just don't see a 2-for-16 night from Shea very often, right? So um, big night there. But, man – If you get an opportunity to watch or listen on the radio, whatever, you will not be disappointed. This team is very, very fun to watch. You get a chance to go to a game this year. You got to go. And while we are on the topic of the Thunder, December, folks, please vote. If you live in Oklahoma City, right, please vote for the sales tax to continue and for us to build a new arena. And I know some people are going to go, well, man, guys, we built the arena we are currently in before Hurricane Katrina. Let me say that again. This arena was built before Hurricane Katrina. That's why we got the stinking Hornets here. Now, have they made improvements? Yes, but it is time. And the whole reason that Oklahoma City has a team is because Seattle was unwilling to build a new arena and continue to go with an old one. Like, and that's like, ultimately what led the owners to get out of there and move on to a different city. Look, here's the thing too. And this is this
1: is I'm going to give you a bigger scheme thing with how how the how important this vote is and how important the stadium is. You do this and the Thunder stay and the Thunder start being successful, you could end up with an NHL team. There's been talks about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You you're going to start drawing the eye of like maybe MLS, right? Mm-hmm. Um because you're starting to show like the Thunder are a very successful franchise, right? Yeah. Both both uh, you know, I know they haven't been like the playoff, you know, top contender for a while, but still financially they're secure. They've had a ton of success. Um, you know, you bring in some like a hockey team, you can turn them around or whatever. like you know what I mean, you start snowballing to where Oklahoma City, we have a sports town cuz Oklahoma is a sports town.
0: Right? 100%. Um
1: and so the the whole state loves sports. It may not have the market size of everything, but it's like like I tell people I'm like, oh, "We had this discussion and we argued about it whatever, but like, is not a big city, right? But Orlando has an MLS team. They have a uh, an NBA team. They have those things because of the buying. Like, the community is very into it. You can start doing that in Oklahoma City. So, yes, go vote. The Thunder are right now, that professional team. But like I said, with the way the MLS is growing, I could see them getting an MLS team maybe. Um, you know, and like this women's soccer team at OU started to catch. Like, the, those sports at OU are starting to get a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, you know you have the softball stuff already going on in oklahoma city well,
0: and and you've seen a good pattern of nhl like type you know uh franchises doing well in places like nashville and places like um that are smaller markets a little bit like that you know and again if you build the right kind of arena you already have it it's a two for one arena just like the boston celtics do um, could be huge, and I know when Oklahoma City has had hockey that people have enjoyed, it's actually drawn a really good crowd um, for people to go and enjoy, so I'm with you, and again, I just don't think people understand the amount of money, jobs, uh, all the different the exposure that Oklahoma well, City gets because of the Thunder.
1: I think people forget, too, how much Bricktown's grown. Yeah. Right? Like, it used to be Bricktown was pretty much a street. I remember when I was young, like Bricktown was like, that was when it first started getting redone. And it was like, it was basically like a street. street spaghetti house.
0: warehouse.
1: Yeah. Like there was, that was it. And it's like, dude, it's literally from like the interstate, like however many blocks inwards are, yeah. you can do anything you want on any of those streets. Um, Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, it's, it's revolutionized that part of town. Uh, so you know, like you said, it's grown that whole thing, and like I said, it puts it puts your it puts you on
0: the map. Think, think about here. Here's what the people need to do go watch season two of Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, how many people in that what is it, episode two? I think it was uh, of Welcome to Wrexham season two, where they kind of focused on the amount of people from the United States, from other parts of Europe, all coming to watch Wrexham only because Wrexham was on this, this documentary, yeah. right? Well, what do you think happens in Oklahoma City when they're playing great and they're making playoff runs and people become enamored with Shea Gilgis-Alexander or Australians become e- e- enamored with Josh Giddy. How many well, people do you it's... think a year come here to watch a Thunder game just to see this team and to see these players because they're on TV and that exposure and that desire to watch that player or to go see that place. So that brings tourism dollars in as well. I mean, it just, you cannot, you cannot well, you're, really you're, quantify the impact it has on the city as a whole.
1: Let me give you, let me give you a, a perspective too. So like, cause I think people who lose sight of this, cause I have like a friend that's from Canada. He's from Canada. His wife's from Canada. And they like, they love, they actually love sports, but they're always like, we don't really understand college football. And that's like, it made me realize how much football is a American thing not many people outside of the United States care about college football in the same way. Right. right? It doesn't have a widespread audience in the UK or whatever. Right. Um, So like they don't understand it, but they know professional teams. They watch the NFL. They Mm -hmm. keep up with the NBA. They watch MLB. They watch, you know, all the pro sports they keep up with. And that's how the world is. Right. Yeah. So if you have, if Oklahoma city is, like, think of a dream scenario where you have, let's say you have an NBA team. Because the NBA and NHL team, the only, like, bad side to get an NHL team is, like, those seasons overlap. Right? Yeah. Um. So, you have to, um, you have a, a Thunder team, say, make a deep run in the playoffs. And you have an Oklahoma City hockey team, you know, making a run at the playoffs. It's like, dude, there's so many eyes. And I always tell people, to this day, I still say people from Oklahoma are very welcoming People from yes. Oklahoma are very friendly. Um, and, and it's not even like I tell someone, it's like you come to Florida. like I live in Orlando. right? And you come here. People are very friendly. But it's like you also have to keep in your mind. This is a tourist town. And to some degree, like Disney's here. Mm-hmm. Universal's here. So many people work in things that are tied to that industry in some capacity that everybody's right. kind of friendly because of that. And you can kind of feel that when you go to Oklahoma. It's yeah. like people are just friendly because it's like, look, dude, we're just salt there with people. Right. Like, yeah. We don't need a lot. We don't want a lot. Like, we just want to live our lives and we want you to have a good time too. Right. Um, if you start doing those things and people start saying, like, dude, Oklahoma's kind of like people are really nice. Like, if I want to get away and I just want a stress free thing, Oklahoma's a great place to go, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things that could really help the state, It could help the city. So yes, please vote. And like I said, I'm just I'm just pumped. Like I said, I think the Thunder, I know that I'm I really want to like we'll have to text Troy before our next pod because I'm sure we'll talk more Thunder. I, I gave my prediction of like what 50 games? I win 50 games this season and you thought I was yeah. crazy. So um yeah. I'm a little probably a little sunshine, but we'll see. I think this team is really good. I'm really hyped. Um it's it's sad because we're we're most of the way done done with college football season, right? Yeah. And but it's like right now it's like that peak time where like for me, you have college football, you have NFL, you have the World Series is going on, which our Astros aren't in it, so whatever. Right. Um. You have now. I'm getting into the NHL. F1's going on. You know what I mean? Like everything is like piling up right now, sports wise. It's like, dude, I have something I can turn on my TV every day, so I'm hyped about it. Um. But yeah. So I'm. I'm just excited. Uh. We'll see. Like I said, I. I'm. I'm all in the Thunder. I think are going to be. I think they're going to do better than a lot of people expect. So.
0: Yeah, should be good. Well, we've run this thing an hour and a half. Um, We will be back Wednesday night. We will record our preview. Of bedlam and gonna be a big one um again the last one so we will really try to break some things down within that see what we can do there uh as we start to look ahead to that game on wednesday and we will also recap some thunder and we didn't even get to recruiting tonight Um, there has been some good news on that front as well so we'll try to recap all that on wednesday so um, we don't do live generally on Wednesday so just check that out Wednesday night it should be up on YouTube, Spotify, at, you know, Apple Podcasts, all the different places you go and get your stuff. Um so check it out there and get it going. Um we hope you've liked it. Please hit that subscribe button before you head out of here. Give us a like, give us a comment, all the fun stuff. We're having a great time. We hope you guys are too. I'm Daryl. that's Jared, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye Baker.
1: You can unhitch the wagon, put the ponies
0: in the ball.